This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for the first, I suppose officially the first uh, episode of the 2022-23 season, Mr. Chris Burke Hello, Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. Welcome. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm... Full of the joys of Birmingham 2022? I'm fantastic. As soon as that full, full-time full whistle went at uh, the Vitality Stadium, is that what they call think, it nowadays? I think that's who it's sponsored by this year. I was uh, off to uh, Alexander Stadium to uh, watch a pleasant sport, <laughs> the athletics. <laughs> great event. And then I was for the evening session on Saturday, and then I was there first thing in the morning uh, on Sunday as well for a double dose back-to-back. Relays, the fastest woman alive. All good stuff, and uh, I've got to admit, I'm going to be sad when it leaves because uh, it's got Birmingham pumping over the last week or so. It has. It's been a great buzz. I was in town this afternoon, and it was um, right, it, insane, it was great. Yeah. yeah, really good atmosphere. I watched the the second quarter of the hockey uh, just in Centenary Square, and it was like it was in England in the World Cup. Yeah, or something. it was a great win for the girls. I didn't I didn't realize they'd, they'd failed in the last was it the last four attempts, or they they won it on the fourth attempt. Yeah, I, I, I was I actually went to the semi final uh, at the university. Uh, it was a double double header of uh, England versus New Zealand and mm-hmm. uh, Australia versus India. So I got an insight. And England were woeful that night. It was a nil nil, and they won on penalties. I wouldn't have called England beating Australia. So, in, well, they had a very emphatic uh, second quarter. Yeah, they did. They went ballistic. Took their chances. Two really good goals as well. But it just overall, it's uh, just just good good vibes, and everybody's like friendly, and all the the people, uh, all the volunteers, are, you know, did a top yeah, rate. Even job. the weather's been good. Yeah, excellent weather. I mean, we don't want to rattle on here, uh, but uh, we're just trying to put off talking about <laughs> Villa. <laughs> we're just trying to put off talking about Villa and Bournemouth. But just like every sport I went to, went to the beach volleyball, the hockey, athletics. When it was like a uh, what we would call in football a VAR call, it's so much more transparent, isn't there? Oh yeah, and they show it in the ground. They show it, they talk through it, and they and they put that heartbeat uh, sound <laughs> on in the background. <laughs> and of course, there's no tribal element like in football. Was if you do it in football, of course, they know it'd start a riot. Yeah, that is the thing about football. It's the precedence of what have gone before 
from hooliganism to you know the, the minority of idiots have, have kind of ruined what football uh, could, could be. be. I mean, part of it you kind of like some of that I like kind the of spice, rough edge stuff and spice. Exactly. I mean, it's that's part of the makeup of it. But at the same time, I mean, you know I, that big flag I got, the surfer flag, the Sex Pistols thing, I got made up for Wembley at the last minute for the Arsenal uh, Cup final. That was uh, banned because it had the word Arsenal in it because it would potentially incite a riot with what I was told. <laughs> it's Have like, they seen some of the TIFOs they get in Italy? <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. And that's where we are. We, we we have a sport which is just run by idiots. Especially in this country. Well, yeah, exactly. And so when you step out there and, and actually uh, just kind of smother yourself in another sport, you think, well, you know, why can't our sport be like that? Can we put this off or shall mm, we march I've given it a good this? go. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like it when you don't talk about Villa. <laughs> anyway, coming up in the show, we'll go through uh, the latest uh, Villa news before uh, getting into the three things, uh, latest medium muppets, before uh, the autopsy on uh, Steven Gerrard's uh, first game of his, his first full season. Or will it be a full season? We Ooh. to TBC. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we've said a lot of... Uh, what we may repeat in the last couple of podcasts where we had concerns we had months. concerns the first half against Manchester United that I, you know I had a big red light flashing uh, when I was watching that game thinking ah and that just literally played out Ren, we'll get into that clever We'll get into that uh, later on. There's much to pick through uh, the bones of that uh, 2-0 defeat uh, against Bournemouth. Right, uh, shall we talk more about the uh, the Commonwealth Games or shall we have some Villa news? Very reluctantly, the Villa (laughs) news, I think. (laughs) You had enough of athletics for four years, I suppose. It's time for the Villa news. Cameron Archer has signed a five-year deal. Looks like, uh, well, I mean, we, you know, we said this uh, at the, way at the start of preseason that Archer would be in the in the match day squad with the increase of substitutes. It just seemed natural uh, that he would uh, start the season off at least uh, a Villa player because you've got. Uh, not only have you got the League Cup that he can obviously take part in, but you've got that what it what is it Johnson Sh- Paint the, yeah, Trophy, the pa- Papa John's 20, Trophy shite. Yeah, which you can also play in that. I think technically still. So there's uh, two fronts where he can start games as well as uh, get minutes uh, off the bench. So it makes sense for him to stay at Villa until January anyway, because uh, it was always unlikely that Villa were going to outlay on a striker because obviously they've spent a lot of money on Watkins and Ings in in recent seasons. Anyway, well done to him and obviously uh some of that 5-year deal would would have, would have come from the uh, the Carney uh Chuck Maweka or whatever. I don't have to say that name again, so I'm quite glad about that. <laughs> Who uh, I'm still surprised that we got uh, between 15 and 20 million for him. Thanks very much. I'm even more surprised that it became this massive debate and people were crying over it. People that have never seen him play, probably, apart from maybe two starts for Villa and the, and the handful of subs. We've said this before on, uh, I think it's something for the weekend, like, you know, you've got the likes of Henry Winter trying to be uh, some kind of guru on him to Chelsea fans by saying, oh, I watched him uh, in the uh, Euros the, uh, when England won the under-19s. And uh, yes, they've got a great, bright future. There's no way you could tell if he was a good player or not in that Euros. Mm-hmm. Nobbed one in on the goal line. 
good one. <laughs> what do you learn from that? But to make great statements like that, no, not really. And you've got Chelsea fans. Oh, it's, he's got one of the best players in Europe, uh, young players. Uh, he's going to be a £100 million player in the future. Based on what? Based on never seeing him play. Congratulations. So based in the here and now... You get that kind of money. I don't think any sane person was expecting to get up towards uh, twenty million for him. I'd have gone ooh, five million. Oh, yeah, go on then. Even if he, even if he'd signed new contract, you'd have took twenty million for him. All good on that. Uh, El Ghazi scored, having uh, his missus given birth uh, to their first kid. He's been out of the picture really, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's got to get him back up to speed. So he's been playing. 23's games. Is he the secret weapon? Is that what you're telling Could me? Could be, mate. Is he going to save us? <laughs> Certainly wasn't their back four. <laughs> Fucking hell. Threw away a three-goal lead. Yeah. Well, where have we heard that? Yeah. Are they practising for the next trick this season? Last season, it was two goal leads. <laughs> and now it's going to be three. Is, is, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Let's not go down that path, shall we? Uh, as the uh, under-23s drew with uh, Middlesbrough, 3-0 up. 3-3. And speaking of Cameron Archer, Villa will find out their second round opponent for the League Cup uh, this week. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Uh, it'll either be Manchester United or Manchester City, I think, uh, from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're not in the round, we'll still play them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll fly back from whatever European game they've got just to take on us. Right, uh, Mr. What's-his-name, Phil Shaw. Yeah, that'll do. It's time for Media Muppets. <laughs> Right, Phil, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week? Well, it's the BBC's Match of the Day Twitter account who tweeted, Aston Villa generated an estimated 87.63 metric tonnes of carbon emissions in their travels as they racked up more air miles than any Premier League club. And then asked, This is pre-season, yeah, isn't it? And then asked, is the current pre-season tour system sustainable? So basically calling out Villa as being the worst defenders, you know, from a, a global sort of global warming point of view. There, of course, if you look a bit deeper, there's problems here. You had Villa, Leeds, United and Palace were all uh, down in Australia. So obviously they're going to put more miles in. But Villa travelled on scheduled flights that were flying anyway, whereas Man United chartered a private jet. So Villa, Villa's flights would have been going. So the emissions were already done, so they didn't add anything to it. Whereas United yeah. United added to the, the carbon emissions by just chartering a whole jet for their team and all their entourage. Well, at least they didn't have to take Ronaldo and all his agents across, but... It's just it's just one of those things. You don't see any carbon footprint stories against the sponsors of Man City and Newcastle, do you? So Yeah, no. I mean it's it's a fair point to raise uh, this uh, situation in terms of uh, the impact on the climate. But as you said, you know, Villa were uh, travelling with uh, the general public, so to speak. They weren't actually adding to anything. But it's something that football clubs need to be wary uh, and, you know, in terms of sustainability, it's only a word that's just actually came in in the last uh, year or so. I mean, sitting on the fan consultation group, uh, I remember when we first mentioned the word and they were like, oh, uh, yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll have to get back to you on that one. But it also applies like when you do these... Twenty to 40,000 plastic flags to wave. The plastic flagpoles and and things like that, it's like, oh, well, it's all great for like five minutes, but the sustainability situation is uh, actually it's not great for the environment. So they have to think about all these things. But rather than be party poopers, you know, find an alternative. All right, so let's get into the three points. Point number one. Uh, the, the main, the big companies behind this is MediaRex, but uh, Chili's is the... Uh, 
the crypto and it's what the socios fan tokens are run on, which uh, obviously Aston Villa run them as well. They took a sponsorship and it would be around, I don't know, a million, two million or whatever up front for a couple of years. Uh, anyway, socios has invested a hundred million in uh, Barcelona's NFTs and uh, metaverse efforts. Uh, the Multibase company, well, it's that. I think they're French, but uh, obviously for uh, tax reasons, they're probably set up in Malta. Without going into uh, the big picture and explaining what everything is, uh, this company has acquired a 24.5% stake in uh, Barca Studios, the Barcelona's digital content creation arm. And the idea of this was, well, they're just scratching around for money, aren't they, Barcelona? They're taking uh, payday loans and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, because they they just want money to register their signings, uh, you know, from Lewandowski to... uh, Andres Christiansen. Rafinha from Leeds, etc. Yeah, Rafinha from Leeds, as La Liga has blocked them. So uh, this is uh, one move. They're basically selling off the, the China, aren't they? Yeah, unfortunately for them. China, I don't know what they've left to sell off. Yeah, I mean, this is why uh, Villa got old Felipe Coutinho. So it's worth uh, keeping a picture on. I mean, this is why Manchester City will eventually win the Champions League, because you've got Barcelona literally on their knees now. And uh, this is after the Italian top dogs have all uh, They've long gone. been pretty crippled as well over the last uh, few years. Uh, point number two, I think this is a case of uh, your mate or your teammate dobbing you in, uh, N- Napoli midfielder. Gianluca Gattano has been handed a two-match ban for making a joke about match-fixing over a, a WhatsApp message. Uh, he sent a WhatsApp message uh, to uh, coma player Victoria Parigini uh, four days before their Serie B clash in May, asking if he would let his team win. The message said, Will you leave us the three points on Friday, followed by two laughing emojis? He was then charged with a uh, violation of principles of sport, sporting fairness and ethics, and was also fined four th- four and a half thousand euros. And uh, Criminese will have to pay a €5,000 fine as well. They won the game 2-1. I think it was the other player who received it, didn't find it funny, and he obviously uh, ratted on him. I can imagine in Italy. <laughs> sounds, sounds like sour, sour grapes after the Criminese won the game. I think it's also it's a sensitive issue uh, in Italy as well, match fix. Just a bit. <laughs> Point number three. This is a bizarre one and uh, <laughs> raises raises many issues uh, on uh, the strength of this potential marriage. Malmo's Mohamed Bayatore missed his own wedding day in order to finalise a transfer to a new team. So he sent his brother instead to his own wedding. <laughs> Malmo was so keen for the 27-year-old to link up with their squad as soon as possible. They made him miss his own wedding. Not Not a club I would want to play for. If that, if they insisted on it, no, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Torre's trying to claim that he's a valiant chap because he didn't want his bride to be on her be on her own, so he sent his brother instead. Uh, did that include uh, the first night rituals as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he told uh, a Swedish outlet. Uh, we got married on July the 21st, but I wasn't there because Melmo asked me to come here earlier. We took the pictures in advance, so it looks like I was there, but I wasn't. My brother had to represent me at the wedding itself. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. In my life, that wouldn't happen. It just, it just <laughs> that doesn't happen, does it? You just think, what are you doing? I would probably be marrying a woman who would say, seriously, if you're going to Malmo, you can go fuck yourself. 
<laughs> the wedding's off. And by the way, I would tell Melmo to fuck off as well. If they are not willing to, uh, to give me 24 hours just to get married and fulfill my obligations, then uh, what kind of club are they? Right. Uh, On to Bournemouth. <laughs> well, no, no, not yet. We're still putting that off. I'll give you an extra few seconds, bud, to sharpen your scythe. <laughs> Before we uh, before we go on, it's uh, I just want to give out a massive thank you to uh, the My Old Man Said patrons uh, for supporting the show as we uh, march on, and at the website as we march on into season twenty two twenty three. I have listened to uh, existing members. Uh, we used to call them patrons, but the members now it just makes more sense. It's easier to understand. We are doing uh, ad free versions of the show in advance uh, for uh, members, as well as the weekly show after hours and various ad hoc shows throughout the month as well as uh, the extra podcasts you also get uh, access to match club which is our 24 7 community the smartest and funniest uh, villa community uh, for my money in town and also uh, i think uh, i might keep it open for a week but we also have a cash prize uh, for our fantasy premier league uh, this season as a, a little extra so uh, uh, that involves how many points villa are gonna get this season <laughs> times two <laughs> times two i might have to make it times five uh, at this rate though <laughs> so why you might be all right with a tenner <laughs> just to give it some incentive to the the whole thing uh, there'll also be something else thrown in there as well but uh, do go to myomansaid.com uh, and click on the members link there to uh, join our merry band and uh, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, the people who signed up uh, over the last week or so to uh, join us for this new season. Uh, Jordan Holt, Nicholas Foskett, Dave Watson, Matthew Sambrook, Andrew Jennings, Camden Bauman, Thomas Hinton, Kev O'Sullivan, John Bresent, Jordan Faultless, and also to uh, the annual members as well. Uh, if you sign up as an annual member, you do get uh, 10% off, which is just over a month. Dr. Ruben Shipway, James Garner, Brian May. I presume that's not the Brian May, but... Uh, or the James Garner. Or, or uh, the Stephen Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so many famous people are my own said members. It's, it's beyond uh, belief. Ian Wiseman for uh, renewing... Uh, from down under thank you very much ian and uh, also uh, to uh, neil shelley phil hood and wes roach for upgrading as well thank you very much and go to myomansaid.com click on the members link and join us there if you're on a mobile device uh, press that menu of three bars to get there uh phil should we get on with this should we talk about this bournemouth game <sighs> yeah we have to. Do we have to Right, it's only going to take f- f- one minute. 90 seconds, maybe? 90 seconds was about the time it took for Bournemouth to take <laughs> the lead. <laughs> Jefferson, Lerma, maybe mark him. That was just, that was my idea. Yeah. My idea of defending is to mark players. I mean, the I text know. chat in uh, Match Club was quite funny. That was like, right, come on, up the villa, let's have this split second later. For fuck's F- sake, F- from S- everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 2022-23 season. Gift wrapping from the word go. Well done, Villa. Appalling defending, wasn't it? Yep. It happens. It was a bit of a pinboard around the box. But it, it well, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let's give this some context. Mings was on the bench. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Mr. Attack the first Mings ball. Mings was on the bench. Watkins was on the bench. 40 different coaches were on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Including a set-piece specialist, uh, 
both defensive and attacking, apparently. No notes were passed in the build-up to this set piece. But I think we have uh, a, a depth now of, well, Coaches. I was going <laughs> to use the word quality, but but we have a depth of supposed talent where you look at that lineup and you go, well, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, give him a we go. We were pretty, all pretty accepting, weren't we, before the game of the, the lineup? We didn't know what sort of system he was going to play, but you thought on paper, yeah, it looks pretty good. You've got four centre-backs who uh, you kind of just go, yeah, whatever, give him a go. It's not an apparent weakness here or there but then when you see how tall Bournemouth were compared to our mini men especially the midfield oh, shit I would definitely have played Mings against these yeah. guys what's that big fucker called which, which one on Kiefer Moore <laughs> I mean you see Keith and Moore running around and you think that's surely a Mings uh, marking job on him I thought it would be an, an, an anybody marking job on him the defence I don't know what's going on there I mean we mentioned Mings let's just address it now uh, get it out of the way I've been saying uh, on the podcast there's definitely been words exchanged there between him and uh, Gerard Gerard's alluded to it when he said oh you know things have been said in private but that's how, where they'll stay and then after the game uh, people did uh, the media did start questioning him specifically about leaving Mings out and he talked about his injury at the start and then said then then there's that the other you know other niggle off the pitch and that wasn't referring to the injury that was like a Freudian slip that was like there's been some uh, as Taylor Swift said there's been some bad blood (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you got a Taylor Swift reference in for Tyrone Mings there's been some bad blood and you, you, you know it and I mean Smith had the same thing I'm not saying that uh, Mings is a problem child in any way. But Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Mings haters out there, Villa's win percentage without Mings is 10.9%. Ouch. (laughs) Apparently that's true, and that's an incredible stat. I'm not saying Mings should be the, uh, as I said, we've got four centre-backs now, so you go, yep, okay, let's go. But just the size of Bournemouth, and it's it's no secret, they uh, do focus on set places. This is not the Eddie Howe version of Bournemouth. And you just looked at the lineup. I mean, one of the first comments in Match Club, actually, was uh, somebody was saying how big Bournemouth were, and you know, somebody joked that, it. no, no, it's actually how small Villa are yeah. but there was a uh, noticeable size difference and we, you know we'd spoken about profile but I don't know it's, I think you bite your pride on that and this is what's concerning me is and I think you mentioned it on the previous podcast Chris about potential stubbornness from uh, Stephen Gerrard yeah it's this thing of this is the way I play and this is my plan and I'm going to make it work now I'm talking about on Mings is uh... possibly on that as well. He sort of makes his decisions and he, and he wants to be seen as being well. I'm being strong and publicly, I'm going to make a point of showing that I'm being strong. Same as when he came out very. I mean, I think they actually, as a club, played the Carney thing right. But in terms of what he said publicly, I thought they played that one right. But the Mings yeah. one, mm, we shall see. 
Mm. Will he U-turn and put him back in the team for Everton? When you've gone and conceded two shocking goals to a newly promoted side, you're kind of leaving it open to say, if there's going to be a few heads on the block, I'd have thought for that game. Yeah, and, and with the Mings thing, just to refresh, it's like there's obviously something going on because... Okay, fair enough. You're going to make your you, you want to put your own man caps in. You've you've taken the time to decide, and you've gone for McGinn. So does the current captain then slip down to uh, vice captain to soften the blow? No, he doesn't. So that's like that's like your second slap, and then just to throw in a third slap. Uh, normally you have a vice captain, but no, let's let's have two vice captains, and let's make the other vice captain the other centre centre back you've just bought in for big money. And it looks like he's replacing Mings. Let's give and it to him. And then have Ashley Young as your club captain, which Mings, as a ambassador, you would say is a pretty good guy. Yeah, so you could have slipped him that role to soften the blow as well. So there's obviously, uh, it's almost like he's kind of sticking the needle in there yeah. just to uh, wind him up. The Carlos one especially, I mean, coming into a brand new league, never played there before, doesn't speak the, the language, he's yeah. going to have communication history straight away, and you're just like, that's when the penny sort of dropped that there's something going on. If he's a vice-captain, and so that he's by default a leader of the defence, uh, as well as Martinez, I mean, you saw what happens. Those Their two goals were just from defensive non-organisation. Ineptitude. Yeah, shambles. The second um, one especially is awful. Mm-hmm. If you, First if ones that you get, you know, you get a bit of a lucky break of the ball. It bounces around like a pinball. It happens. Sometimes they go for you. Sometimes they go against at both ends of the field. The second one is so avoidable. Yeah, dread, dreadful goal. If you go back to the first one, the corner's conceded, and you look, you can stop it just before the ball's taken, or sorry, the corner's taken. But and I think it's Ings gets trailed by a Bournemouth player who's just like Slanky in it. I think yeah, Slanky. He's just physically bigger than him. He trails him. Ings ends up in the deck, and then when. Ings is back on his feet, the ball bounces off him and goes to Lerma, who's completely left alone on the corner of the six yard box. I mean, that's basic. It's not this this is where it comes down to again. It's not, you know, set piece genius, it's not set piece anything. It's just base yeah. basic. Look around, see who's around you. Don't let anybody be on their own in the box, especially, you know, like you'd said before, if there's a, a giant a giant in yeah. the box, just put him off, not <laughs> the real make him jump over you. And the real sort of football fundamentals that everyone knows about, you know, keep it tight first 20 minutes and especially first day of the season at a newly promoted team, you think, well, we're going to get a bit of a shitstorm thrown our way early on because they're going to have momentum and a bit of belief and the crowd will be behind them. You thought you only had to, because you saw the way the rest of the game went, like with, with the greatest respect to Bournemouth, they weren't brilliant. They didn't, yeah. they didn't have much. And that's the concern. They weren't They didn't have, to, they they didn't have to try very hard. <laughs> we just fucked up twice. Another day you get out of there with a frustrating nil-nil draw and you go, well... At least we didn't draw, but we we did look we looked pretty inept in the final third. But we actually looked pretty woeful in both penalty areas. There was talk of Lucas Dean being off the pitch, some jewellery removed. I don't know if that was just social media yeah, rubbish. It's but when you when you look look back on the highlights, he was very much in there. Yeah, he was one of a gaggle at the back post there with with the three yeah. two or three Bournemouth giants. They were again, they were just. You just he might as well have been off the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a concern because I think any opposition when they line up against Villa can see a weakness they can exploit and focus on, and height is definitely one of the uh, the issues here. Height slash physicality, yeah, because yeah. you just see it at, at every moment. Whether it's you know uh, you can just see teams doing it. You, whether it's a Villa player bending down to pick up a th- the ball for a throw in or something, they just get nudged by the Bournemouth player. They're almost like you know laughing. It's just like oh, down you go again. There you know waste a bit more time or kick the ball away. They just are getting bullied. It's almost like playground bullying they're getting. And they're not good enough in terms of the way they want to play. They're not executing their own plan well enough to be able to go, okay, we're not going to fight you man for man, but we're just going to play through you or we're going to 
show superior footballing ability. You know, you can have what, whatever, what, how much should we have at the end? 65, 66% of the possession? 66. I did yeah. absolutely fuck all with it. I mean, this is uh, what Gerard alluded to in his press conference. He, he flagged up the possession and said, you know, we didn't we didn't have any, I mean, we had, they had two shots on target, but uh, I can't remember them keeper particularly. Uh, I mean, there was the Ings one chance. One was an Ings thing, which routine straight at the keeper pretty much. Yeah, and then there was the Ramsey one, which was a bit of a daisy cutter, which was never going to sort of, yeah, you, you shouldn't be scoring. So it literally didn't worry them at all. I mean, the Ings one was a half decent chance. I think Ings was stretching, but it's a you know reasonable passage you play. But that was probably the only chance you'd think. Yeah, the keeper, that was a half the chance. keeper, you know, catches it. But essentially, yeah, it's, it's not as if he's fingertipping it. No, 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 no. Bournemouth, I thought, pretty comfortable game for them in the end. Well, then there was, of course, you know, the sucker punch of the second goal when you thought, actually, at 1-0, you're always still in it. You fancy, you think, we'll get a chance here, we'll get a chance, we'll make something happen. Didn't. And, yeah. and then the next minute, Bournemouth go up the other end and we give them another goal. Uh, I think if you want a dictionary definition, a Wikipedia definition of a free header... <laughs> oh, it's atrocious. <laughs> Literally, it is that. Yeah. To, to someone who's known for heading the ball as well. I mean, it's just beggar's belief. Poor. Was it against Southampton where, what was their centre-back? Uh, was he Scandinavian? Vestergaard, like, was it? G- giant, yeah. And he was left free. And it's like, uh, might be an idea to mark him. You know, just just a thought. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the problems for Villa, I mean, as well as that, I mean, creating anything. I mean, Villa ha- didn't have anybody in the box, but yet Villa proceeded to float the ball into the box time There's after time. There was a lot time. of aimless balls from yeah, deep. whether it was Cash or Dean, whoever got it wide, just floated into the box and Bournemouth either headed it away easily or their keeper just caught it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was listening to Bud on uh, Mark Gold, is it Goldbridge? Yeah, on Talksport, yeah. The uh, the United stand uh, chap who who I actually quite like. He's I, funny, I, kind of, isn't he? I find yeah. him funny because he's kind of playing a character almost, isn't he? Yeah. When he does that United stand, and I I, I was you, you did say crap on that show, by the I way. Did. Uh, I did bite my I was, tongue on a couple of occasions as well. I <laughs> but very nearly dropped f bombs. I th- I thought you might have been inspired by him and just called them knobheads. <laughs> knobheads, <laughs> brilliant. That was well, that was one of the best moments of last year. <laughs> Because Austin McPhee, Nanny McPhee, uh, since he's come in, and they said, I think it was on Match of the Day, they, they said last season Villa were really good at free kicks. No, they weren't. Or set pieces. Dreadful. No, they fucking weren't. They were dreadful. I don't remember us scoring a directly from a free kick for a long time. Not since Bentege against QPR. Yeah. Well, Horahan had obviously done a bit oh, yeah, of the championship. You know, I, I, I have seen John McGinn and Douglas Louise both run to take the same free kick and bounce <laughs> into, into each other. <laughs> I mean, that's how good we are at set pieces. And this is Nanny McPhee territory. Uh, and the only green light he got was uh, from a long throw-in and that Danny Ings uh, kind of bicycle kick against Danny, yeah. Newcastle. And that wasn't really anything to do. That, that was you know, people an area going, and flick it on. Yeah, people were going, oh, genius. Yeah, gee. And it's like, geez, you know, it's social media is so dumb at times and to create narratives that don't really exist. And nobody mentions him anymore, apart from this show. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's keeping his head down. <laughs> Just like he's telling the defenders to do, unfortunately, as well. I don't think he'll last the season. If if this goes uh, average, shall we say, the season, I think he goes... Maybe you don't need this. It's just it's overthinking. I mean, I still you know, say it to this day. All these little run over, step overs, you know, decoy runs, and all this kind of shit. And then Newcastle get a free kick against and us, and Troupier just hits it as hard as he can <laughs> straight at the goal through the wall. I might add <laughs> through the wall, through the keeper. Wall <laughs> Hold like... the wall together. 
yeah. fundamentals. Hold the wall. Yeah, it, this is what confusion and overthinking. Too and much information. Passing notes on, uh, we've, we've got to stamp that kind of crap out. And just, I mean, it's one of the biggest cliches when a club is uh, struggling to find itself. Uh, so it's you've got to go back to the basics. And Villa, Villa were we doing do? basics well. Yeah. This is you look across the guys. Uh, you know, you go. We'll move, if we move further forward, you look at those midfield guys. Fundamental things. Now McGinn's never had the best first touch. Let's be frank. Even when we're in the championship, but so many times you him, Coutinho, other guys were guilty of taking the ball, receiving the ball, bouncing off, and having to go into a fifty-fifty. Most of the yellow cards we got were from somebody overextending themselves to make up for a mistake. Yeah, when the, the, but it's this overcomplication again, and I think it's coming from the top because if you remember when Gerard first came in. He had a look at the team. He had a look at what was going wrong under Smith, they were and he really fixed effective. it. Yeah, he just went. You know what? Tighten up the gaps. And Villa, from from the Jared coming into Christmas to that Everton game, Villa were great. I mean, they were exactly what you wanted them to be. They were no nonsense. Nobody really made them solid. Fill out of them or anything else. I mean, that game at Anfield, they only lost because Salah and Mings sort of tangled and Liverpool got a penalty. But yeah. then you had what was it, the gold dust two weeks or the gold dust three weeks that they had, which was like a mini preseason where Jared got to put his ideas across. And ever since that, that's when it went wrong. It's a good point. <laughs> oh, if uh, Villa gave away the ball apparently 80 times in the first half, that was literally from their first touches, wasn't it? That shows how much of the ball we've had. 66% <laughs> yeah. of the ball and you've still given it away 80 times. First touch yeah. is so good, the second's a tackle. Yeah. Yeah. We're diverting away from what Phil said. But yeah, you know, you're actually right because there was a lot said. Of, there's been two things about Gerard that have been said. One was like, oh, this little break that you just mentioned where uh, he had a, you know, how long was it again? Sorry. It was at that least was two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, right, finally he'll have time to instill, you know, his ideas. And you thought, yeah, perfect timing for a new manager that's just come in. Uh, the first time, it was almost like his mini preseason. And as Phil said, it headed south after that. And then, so the second uh, break with Gerard was like, right, finally a full preseason. And the club acted perfectly in terms of getting in the signings, you know, some of them before the window actually opened. And that was, that is actually creating a no excuse culture for Gerard. Which is what he wanted, you know, day one, first interview. And when he said... No excuses for him. Yeah. Yeah. And the day before Bournemouth, he'd said rather foolishly, you know, we've got to stop talking the talk. (laughs) Now we've got to walk the walk. Yeah, he's going to be be hoisted on a spatard at this rate. Set themselves up for that one, didn't they? Now, this is the first time I've actually thought about the game and because uh, I've been knee-deep in athletics uh, since the final whistle. But uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I did that because uh, traditionally, you, you can lose your first game to anybody. And uh, once you find your momentum and things click into place, uh, you know, it's, it's soon in that rear-view mirror and uh, you crack on. But sometimes it's a sign. Uh, and, you know, like Watford uh, last season. But... We already had that sign in that, that first half against Manchester United in Australia, and I highlighted that as I was concerned, and uh, and it just it, it came to pass against Bournemouth, and that that you're not seeing this a transition from last season, you're not seeing a transition from uh, or into uh, the G- Gerard way, whatever that is, this mythical system. I don't think he's got one yet. I don't think he knows what his best team is yet, which is understandable to a certain extent. But you'd think that. You'd be dropping players into a system that is already working. His fullbacks are there, though, aren't they? The fullbacks yeah. play an integral part of his system. It's not far off, personnel-wise. Is Coutinho doing enough? He, well, he, did, he did nothing at Bournemouth. They just they just doubled, doubled down on him, didn't they? I thought yeah. Bailey had a bit of a go on the right-hand side, tried and then failed. You know, We mentioned in previous podcasts about combinations. Midfield-wise, 
unbalanced again. I think the only one who actually comes out of that game with much credit really was Bubakar Kamara, who I actually thought was very yeah. neat and tidy. We discussed him. I'd gone through the scouting reports. He was kind of everything I knew he was. Um, you think if, if he can if he can sort of build on that performance, then you've got a really good player because I thought he was really sort of steady, no nonsense, just receives the ball and moves it around. Had a yeah. really good shot. He probably had our best effort on goal, I would he say. Um, so that's a, a real yeah. positive to take from the game. From probably the player who you'd, you would maybe have thought might have struggled in the first few weeks to get up to speed. I, I don't think he actually struggled with the tempo of the game. Um, I think he struggled with probably the combinations of personnel around him. Yeah, and you know how I feel about the combinations of personnel around him. Uh, I think there should be another one, number eight, in that middle with him. But, yeah, uh, McGinn didn't have one gonna, of his best days, did he? No, I'm not going to play that record again. I mean, there's basically three rods for uh, Gerard's back at the moment, which uh, he will be conscious of. Uh, one of them is uh, Philippe Coutinho, who's playing within himself. The other one is making McGinn captain and literally saying that's who my uh, main man in midfield is going to be. And the other one's obviously the Mings situation, which we've spoken about. Would you expect Mings to be back in the next game against Everton? You could make an argument for it. Uh, you would, I would have wanted him to be, but after those, after that interview, I, I can't see how he comes back. I think Jared's going to. He might have to. He might have to bide his time. Maybe mm-hmm. wait until the cup games or something. But you never know. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Buendia play and maybe Watkins from the start. I think he'll make two or three changes. You mentioned the uh, Coutinho and also the McGinn thing, and and that's from the point of view: are they droppable? Will he be a, bit, to be. be a bit more sentimental and stubborn with them? And rather than making a more decisive decision, you know, wait until, let's say, two or three games more than they sh- when they should have been switched. That's my uh, issue on that point. But yeah, Buendia, I mean, I think Buendia gives you a spark pretty much while he's any time he's on the pitch. So, I, you know, I would want to start with him and give him a run and see what, you know, see where we go. I mean, it'd be nice to get them both in the team if you can get them scheming together, as we said on loads of occasions. But there needs to be a balance in terms of physicality in that midfield yeah. because Cause, cause off the of ball we can get run through, and obviously when we're defending our own uh, defending our own box, suddenly we've got a height disadvantage. With you know the more uh, short flare players we have on the pitch, you know, to keep it simplistic. Yes, and I think this this is a bit of the problem because this this formation of Gerrard's that we were all told well that worked so well at Rangers. I mean, and it did work in as you said, it worked in Europe there. So we can't just dismiss the Scottish league just completely out of hand. He did have a, a varied mix of midfielders. He had the the journeyman midfielders. He had the ordinary men. So if you go back, he's, he's Stephen Davis. I beg him up, but it, that's the kind of player he is. He's got a bit of nice. He's got a bit of brain brains in the middle. And they also like Scott Arfield as well. Just like you said, number eight sort of journeyman that know when to stand, when to put the foot in, when to do things like that. And then he had the bigger players and he had the flair players. He just doesn't have that at Villa. And whether it's a case of he's being stubborn with the board if they haven't got him one more player in, or if he just thinks that he can turn these players into something and he can't, I just that that midfield is going to be the death of us. That's that's been the big yeah. my sort of theme that I've mentioned a few times really in the in the time he's been there is that. Is he a guy who's going to make individuals better by coaching? We don't know yet, you know, yeah. it, because on paper, you know, I, you see it across some of the, the media bits I've done. The, the pundits all think on paper they've all said, "Well, Villa look great this season. Squad looks good. Starting lineup should be good once you get the combinations right." I'm hoping it's as simple as people are making out. You just got to get your combinations. But yeah, it's the I old cliche, know. isn't it? Is good he, on is he paper, gonna, yeah. but played on grass. Uh, indeed, but you know, is he going to get the? You know, are we going to be the sum of the parts? Because if we are, then we're going to be a great side. But if we're not, yeah. pff, 
fuck knows. Let's leave it on that. Uh, but, but it is interesting. Uh, I mean, this is almost like a science, a football science experiment, isn't it? It's like, will Gerard be a good manager? Unfortunately, we're the test subjects. <laughs> the guinea pigs again. Yeah, <laughs> The guinea pig. Well, it, it also means Everton's a bigger game than it has to be now. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I mean, there's nothing more tedious than just going game to game, saying, "Oh, this is must it's not, win." It's not, but oh, I think you, you want to yeah. see a week's worth of improvement. Because I think actually, if you play well, you probably beat Everton anyway, and everyone calms down. But all of a sudden, you put another shit performance in, and you think, "Well, again, what have you been doing for the last week? Last few months?" Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, first four or five games just to see uh, where we are. For sure. You'd have almost rather gone to Man City and got dumped on 2 0 and played like that. And everyone goes, yeah, well, whatever, get it out of the way. I think everybody would be quite apathetic then. I don't think it would have been 2 0 if we'd played like that against City. It would have been a cricket score. They've got the players to do so much better, but there's a, there are something missing and we're like a broken record. Uh, that midfield's just not sorted out yet. But please do follow the uh, podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to to follow this uh, Stephen Gerrard scientific exper- football experiment. We will be wearing white lab coats for the uh, the next uh, podcast. Definitely bring your safety goggles. <laughs> Phil Shaw will be he'll, he'll yeah he'll have uh, he'll have one of those uh, condoms on his head those <laughs> hairnet things. <laughs> he likes fancy and, dress. And, and uh, a clipboard. <laughs> Bonson burner. So please do follow the show uh, on uh, social media at My Old Man Said, uh, whatever social media you're into, from uh, Facebook to TikTok, to Instagram to Twitter. And there's also uh, a Facebook group called The Mad Few, if for where all the regular listeners uh, converse as well. But as always, the best way to uh, join the My Old Man Said universe is to... Uh, Join us as a member, and then you get access to Match Club, uh, where we uh, carry on the conversation 24-7. Right, folks, until the first home game at Villa Park for the 2022-23 season, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans